What's up? You are here to record the Onslaught episode of Back Issues. Yeah? Are you aware you've already recorded this episode twice before? You sure? The first episode was flawless in execution. However, due to a systemic anomaly in the file, the entire thing was lost. The second attempt was made vis-a-vis -vis the comic book men Mike and Ming. Yeah. Concordantly, this will be the third time you've recorded the Onslaught episode of Back Issues, and you have become exceedingly efficient at it. Well, I should hope so. Okay, alright, uh, the problem is choice. I got it. What do you, what do you want me to do? This is the 400th episode of Back Issues, so I just want to make sure you were aware that this is the third time. Yeah, no, I mean, I get that it's the third time, but it seems like a lot of commotion just to kind of remind me that I've done this episode twice before, but... Yes, well, if I am the father of Back Issues, then you would be its mother. What? No! Um, yeah, you are like the Oracle or something. I, I am the father of Back Issues, though. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and wrap <clears throat> concordantly. Uh, uh, vis a vis, perhaps some part of you printed its intentions onto me, or or uh, something. That's it. We're good. We're good. We're all set. I'm gonna go get ready. You take this down. You're going to destroy Zion anyway, or something. Or back I'll destroy back issues. I could do that. I created it. I could destroy it. With tentacle robots. What does this even do? It's supposed to control TVs, but I don't, I don't have any. Just white around me. What is all this? No, 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 you're, you're destroying the Matrix. It's a glitch. That's all it is. Watch your lights. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back Issues. I'm Sal. I'm Ethan. I'm Ben. And I'm Tiffany. And if that playlist that this video is in is any indication, I think this is 400 episodes. It's really not. There's like two parters and stuff in there, but mm. like, who we've cares? decided it is 400. We've yeah. determined canonically there are 400 videos you can watch in succession, mm. regardless oh. of parts. And I'm very, very privileged to have worked on nearly 400 episodes with everybody on this couch. Thank you all so much for, for indulging my. Insanity and I sitting think he's on a firing couch. Us. Yeah. <laughs> I but you're but... a whole new cat. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> so today I thought for our 400th episode we do a book we've already done twice. Onslaught is a massive, multi-part comic book event from 1996. And I want you to know I don't remember doing the episode, and I didn't watch the Mike and Ming one. So it's like we never did it. Yeah. yeah. I had the audio too, and that's gone to the winds of time as oh, well. Oh, really? So like, it's like we never did it. Oh. But I remember recording at least two other episodes where we talked about Onslaught. And what's funny is, I think we're getting better each time. Because <laughs> this time, my approach to this was that I feel that Onslaught and the implications thereof are so prescient 
and relevant today that it's worth talking about. Of course, the story, such that it is, all 96 issues or whatever, uh, is stupid and wholly irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter, and it's really simple. It's a stupid, simple story. Yeah, but it has all these characters in it. Yeah, it, except it like doesn't. You know, if you have like a play with a hundred actors and only two of them have lines, then there's only really two characters in your play, isn't there? <laughs> Anybody after that era probably has no context for this thing, and probably because right, it, it never came up again. It just never came up again. It has no real relevance at all, and which it really should, it, it based sh- on the premise. Based on the premise and the girth of this <laughs> omnibus. This it thing, ought to be real important. Because it was billed when it was being developed as the Dark Phoenix Saga of Professor Charles Xavier, uh, which is pretty damn impressive. That is that is a quite the claim. Yeah, it's not yeah. a bad pitch, by the way. And that's what got a lot of the people who worked on this book excited, was this idea that we're like, we're going to do the fall from grace for Xavier. But I find that the story of Onslaught is way more interesting if you talk about everything around this book and why it even exists in the first place. And maybe if we talk about that, while we also discuss the contents of this thing, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we can get a clue about how things are going in today's comic book industry and why it's kind of interesting that of all eras, now is the time that Onslaught has returned to the X-Men in continuity in comic books. Really? Yep. Onslaught has returned in a little story over there that has far-reaching implications to the larger narrative of X-Men, and I think there's like a metatextual slash metaphysical reason for Onslaught to be back. The X-Men have been no strangers to events. Of course, in the 80s, the X-Men event was an editorially driven idea that forced uber creators like Louis Simonson and Chris Claremont to kind of bend over backwards to create an event every year. Mm. And most X-Men events were pretty substantive, but also trim when you compare them to the last two in this order. Most X-Men events that you look at, Mutant Massacre, Extinction Agenda, even Fatal Attractions to some degree, they all have pretty much the same length. Mm -hmm. There's no omnibus that collects Fatal Attractions to make it this big or long. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is like what, 12 issues? It's, it's sometimes, yeah, yeah. Depending, it should be like 12 to take. 20. Yeah. You know, it's not not a lot. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a lot when you compare it to being an event, especially from the late 80s into the early 90s, but it ain't like this. And this did not come from nothing. So 1992, everybody's making money. And yeah, it's going, the train's not going to end. That's right. And it's not going to end until literally the following year in 1993 <laughs> when the bubble bursts. If you look at the sales, everyone's doing pretty well. 93, the bubble bursts. And then Marvel still, 51%. Image, high 20s. DC is somewhere uh, <laughs> below that. Whatever's left. And then the rest, yeah, which includes DC, which is sad. And like, there's no good reason for it outside of the fact that like, you know, the cachet of Image and all the books and creators that were coming out of that, and Marvel just happening to own that much stuff. Uh, Marvel, yeah, look at all the different titles we have, and yes, all the characters. Yes, and of course, from the late 80s into the early 90s, during the rise of the speculator market, there are two books that are selling at Marvel. They represent 51% of the market share, but there's only two books that sell, Spider-Man and X-Men. 
Those are the two characters that are holding up the <laughs> entirety of Marvel Comics. Uh. Now in 95, X-Men starts to produce another little event that starts to shift from what we know the X-Men events to look like to what X-Men events will start to look like, and that's Age of Apocalypse. Hey! <laughs> the Age of Apocalypse was damn. created as a marketing ploy slash effort to get sales, but also there's a story here, and it's well regarded. You know, you compare Age of Apocalypse to Onslaught, and it's apples and oranges. People lovingly remember Age of Apocalypse, even people who didn't read comics ever in their <laughs> lives, and nobody likes or remembers Onslaught. And mm -hmm. there's a very good reason for that, and it's just where it comes from. Onslaught came from an idea from a guy named Scott Lodell, who essentially was asked, along with the Marvel bullpen, or the X-Men bullpen, I should say, at the mm -hmm. time, uh, what do you got? No, no bad ideas. And so Scott Lodell <laughs> goes, okay. Here's the idea, okay? The X-Men are in the X-Mansion. They're sitting comfortably. They hear a loud noise. They go outside. Juggernaut, the most powerful villain of the X-Men, is laid to waste on the front lawn of the X-Mansion. Oh. He only has one word on his lips. Onslaught. Boom. And they're like, who is that? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's not for you to decide. <laughs> yeah, that's all I've got. That's not an idea. And they're like, that's gold. What? Gold. Nailed it. So it's like writing a pitch where it's, all right, cut to the line at the comic book store where people are paying dollar upon dollar for their X-Men book. Yes. Boom. What do you think? Oh, I'm sold. I love that idea. What's it going to be about? I, I'll show you. I'll show you. And then all I need to do is just slip out of town with a suitcase full of money before the book comes out. So that's where Onslaught originally comes from. Now, okay, so... Marvel the Juggernaut? Yeah, because well, the Juggernaut's the, so unbeatable. He's so unstoppable. He's so unstoppable. And he yeah. does have ties to Xavier. So yes, yes. But, well, but that but makes me wonder. Know that. That, so see, that like makes me brilliant. wonder if that was, if he right? did have like an idea, or no, that he did is what caused it to be Xavier, because they established at first that right? Onslaught would be, or that Juggernaut would be the I first victim. I feel like victim. there's like, a, like a, the slightest like seed in there. I promise you Scott Lovedale did not know that Xavier was Onslaught at the time. Onslaught <laughs> was reverse engineered. This story was reverse engineered by marketing. Is this the Sonic and... the Hedgehog of X-Men? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> is that why he looks like Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles He 2? looks like Magneto on steroids. He looks too... Yeah. He, I, I honestly... He... I don't know if it's nostalgia or what, but I think Onslaught looks freaking dope. He does just look like Magneto. I, yeah. I... He's but like super with more like stuff he drank on the him. ooze. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Marvel at the time is owned by a guy named Ron Perelman. And Ron Perelman is no Not stranger. Not Ron Perlman. Not Ron Perlman the actor, but Ron Perelman. And Ron Perelman was no stranger to grossly overinflated acquisitions. And uh, Perelman of course was running Marvel at the time and the market had just bottomed out 93. Mm -hmm. So he's looking to recoup losses and also gain market share and line his pockets with money. <laughs> Around 94, Marvel starts buying shit for no good reason, seemingly, right? Mm. Marvel's just buying up all kinds of, they buy Malibu comics because they like how they do the coloring. 
Malibu had the Ultra Force, Prime, and Ghoul, and yeah, I don't Prototype. Know any of that. Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, the thing is, Marvel owns them and could use them at any point, but won't. And some of those characters are owned by questionable human beings who would get residuals. And so there's there's a moral reason why Marvel doesn't necessarily use them. Mm. But the real reason is because they want to keep all the money. They don't want to have to pay royalties to any of the creators, yeah. regardless of their moral standing. Yeah. But uh, Marvel bought Malibu, and they say, and I've seen like the interviews to prove it that like they claim they liked the way they did to the digital coloring and they didn't believe that it was a way that they, they were just like we just use computers and they're like there's no way so they bought the company and they check it out and they're like oh it is computers okay all right see you later and then <laughs> all right you're fine all right well i spent like millions of dollars to do that to yeah let's, let's liquidate it all and then show the characters into a trunk somewhere and never open it again <laughs> i assume we would be some dark art in the basement we would gain like secret knowledge yeah yeah no and the knowledge is just photoshop cool Wizard's been using it for four years before that. Yeah. So the comic book industry has at least three different distribution houses. There's Heroes World, there's Diamond, what? and yeah. It sounds very confusing. Yeah, just three different distributors, and they all just like distribute the comic books to the direct market, which at the time was hovering around 10,000 shops. Was it like regional? Like there was one that was like yes, East Coast? Yes, there were East Coast, West Coast, and almost, like between eight and 10,000 comic book shops. By 94, 4,500. Ooh, wow. damn. Yeah. Wow. And then Marvel buys Heroes World. They're gonna be their own distributor. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Which is also a problem, and here's why. This was attributed to Peter David, who was a writer and also worked in the like distribution room before that. Distributors did not like to give Marvel information about like how many shops there were, mm. what their ordering sizes were. Like right. they really wanted to keep their numbers to themselves because they were like, well, what if you ever decide to become your own distributor? <laughs> and Peter David and Marvel was like, why would we ever do that? That is financially stupid and we have not we have no interest in ever getting into that market. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Marvel couldn't possibly support their own market. But in fact, Perelman buys Heroes World and proves the distributors right. Now of course makes when makes a whole lot of sense you distribute it yourself, you're not paying someone. Yeah, you cut out the middleman. The problem with that is uh, it has a number of facets to it because the comic book industry needs these incentives that are built into the structure to make a comic book retail house viable. Now, of course, the bottom just came out a year prior, so half the shops or more have closed. Yeah, so their so orders ain't coming There are through. fewer orders than ever, mm -hmm. and you're only distributing one publisher as opposed to the main three or four, right. or five or six or 10 at the time. Of course, after Marvel bought Heroes World, now that takes out one distributor, now there's two distributors and Marvel's distributor. And that whole thing falls apart because now Marvel isn't bolstering the orders for the smaller publishers or the lower selling books from the bigger publishers that were being distributed by those distributors. And so different labels are starting to fall apart because these distributors can't offer the, the financial incentives to go with them because the more you order, the bigger the discount you get. Mm. But now without 51% of the market, your discounts are gone. Oh, also Marvel can't literally do it because they don't know the logistics, they don't understand the business, mm -hmm. and they only represent one publisher, so they're not offering discounts, and so, oh, you're gonna be handling distribution for like DC, Image, and whoever from these two distributors, and only Marvel from this one. You're like, 
oh, uh, we can't give you any discounts. And we're gonna start to create like cash on delivery for our books. So like if you're a shop that's struggling, if you want Marvel, you gotta pay up now, no credit pay now. And if you don't have the cash to pay for it, no Marvel books. Let's see you work as a comic book store in 1994 or 5 with no Marvel market. So that closes more comic book shops. Holy crap. Like they force comic book shops out of business. Yes. Wow. Now why do they do that? It seems like it's a completely insane move, but then you think about Perelman and his plans for Marvel. This dude is not a comic book publisher. He's not a book publisher. This is a this, this is a market acquisition guy. He's looking to bolster his money and his stock prices because of course Perelman wound up buying New World Media and New World Entertainment. You know those guys. They produced Deathstalker and the Punisher movie from 1989. Oh yeah. We're getting in the weeds, but I promise you it has everything to do with Onslaught. Are because, you sure? Yes. Are you sure you're not secretly Onslaught and this is some sort of like <laughs> And then I'm luring you in and then I'm a gonna, marketing pitch. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm gonna suck out your mental energy and then use it to create the Omni Mind because that's Onslaught's plan in this book. <laughs> Marvel is looking towards like Disney as a media company as opposed to being a comic book publisher. Right, we're gonna make everything. Yes, and they go into licensing like you wouldn't believe. Mm. Okay. So they're getting Marvel out there. They're like, well, we're kind of like the edgier Disney. Like we have a gazillion characters like, like Disney does, but our characters are like for adults and for children. We could do it all. So after Marvel fucks up with Heroes World and can't distribute their books on time or properly, or does, they don't even have like a, a competent list of the retailers that still exist in the country. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because they're reaching out and sh places have shut down. Yeah. And that's full like of, they send a letter ahead. Hey, just to let you know, yeah. we're not gonna be ordering any more books. Right, no, they just close. So that falls apart. So now there's one comic book distributor, Diamond Distribution. Oh. And Diamond becomes the monopoly in what the comic book distribution the house. Uh, it just closed, it didn't, it couldn't, it couldn't sustain itself. Couldn't handle the disruption It couldn't handle distributing by, only yeah. Image and DC yeah. and cartoon books <laughs> and Whatever else is left, Dark Horse. They, uh, they, we, we stopped believing in them, and so they faded away. No one <laughs> clapped for them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, whoops. Now, what's funny about Heroes World even being acquired and everything suggests that there, there's an implication that Perelman had no interest in cornering the market or even distributing comic books, and it's why there was no real good care put into making Heroes World into a distributor. Uh, and that was that Perelman has the has a controlling interest in shares for Marvel, and uh, it looks really good to say that Marvel now is like guiding its own destiny to inflate mm -hmm. its own stock artificially. Right. right, that is true. And also edge out the competition. So like, even if you lose, let's say like ten, fifteen million dollars in revenue from like destroying the comic book industry, uh, you can make upwards of one to two hundred million dollars in stock options just by inflating your value in the entertainment market. Right, right. Like, oh, well, we're expanding in all these different directions. Exactly. The future has never been brighter. That's right. And, and you're so like your hollowing investors out are like, the, the actual like underpinnings yeah. of what you are. Because of course, like your Marvel, you know, you're not gonna go under. And I know people are already commenting, well, what about <laughs> the bankruptcy? Well, the bankruptcy is another shrewd move by Perelman because Perelman is dealing with infighting within the controlling interest of Marvel. So he files for chapter 11 preemptively so he can restructure and get rid of the people who are trying to oust him in the first place, mm -hmm. which results in a multi-year legal battle that won't end until like 97, 98, after which point Perelman's out, the other guy's out, and suddenly Ike Perlmutter and Avi Arad from Toy Biz take controlling interest in Marvel Comics. Which, it sucks, <laughs> but 
they manage to make the deals to get the MCU going and produce books again that people want to see mm. like Marvel Knights and JMS as Spider-Man and the Ultimate Universe. While they live long enough to become the villains, <laughs> maybe it's not quite as bad as when Perelman was in charge, but right. like, we're just dealing, they're all monsters. Right. Like, we're just dealing with, <laughs> just with different people, types of different monsters. Ty just, just literal right. different types of monsters, you know? <laughs> so. Anyway, why does this have to do with Onslaught? I was literally like, and 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 how are we going to? Well, here's the thing. Perelman okay. is Onslaught. He's the monster. I mean, what's funny is I, you could Grant Morrisonian that up, except that like no one working on Onslaught has any care or vested interest in making Onslaught good. We already had a good one. We had Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, well, people well, were riding high on Age of Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse was a, was a sales juggernaut, forgive the term. Right. And, uh, you know, now we're going to pants juggernaut to make way for Onslaught. Like, <laughs> we know that X-Men sells and we know that Age of Apocalypse worked, so we can just do the same freaking thing. But, like, again, it's that would make sense, but that's not where Onslaught comes from. So Jerry Calabrese comes in to shepherd things and by the way uh he's not a delicious uh, fresh mozzarella no he's not that's caprese oh, right. i'm talking about calabrese oh, okay. but calabrese comes in and he's from marketing and everybody internally at marvel has been trying to fight against marketing because uh, like tom defalco was editor-in-chief at the time and like he's trying to fight with marketing because they're trying to force him to let marketing design the covers for comic books to try and just pull themselves out of the just mm. anything like yeah, just, we know how to sell these things just let our team just design the covers yeah like, it'll please. be fine so jerry wants to take things back to the way they were like literally a year ago you know when things were good and they all had money mm -hmm. and so he has this wild idea he's like let's go to image and we'll ask the image guys if anybody wants to take over our comic books because only Spider-Man and X-Men sell, the rest of them aren't. We still have 51% of the market share and we are also at that time like our, our own distributor. We have to put out books. And so it's not like just, oh, we'll just cancel every book that isn't Spider-Man or X-Men. They're like, we have to try and like sell these things and they're selling like shit. Yeah, What's, canceling books is a sign of failure. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And also you can't juggernaut the shelves with Marvel product if you only have like right. conceivably six titles, eight titles. So they try to reinvigorate their books. Uh, Captain America, for example, was garbage. And then suddenly Mark Wade and Ron Garney come in, they double sales for Captain America. Oh. Because they're such a good team? It's just a good book. Okay. And Mark Wade was new hotness at that time. Ah. And he's good. You know, he's, he's, he's telling a good story and he, and he cares about Captain America because he desperately wants to write for Superman. <laughs> right. Well, so, okay. it's a different voice gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he oh, he really wants to do Superman. But he's like, I got Captain America close enough. So he they they revolutionized Captain America, but it's too little, too late, because Calabrese goes to Image, and he's like, Who wants to do Marvel? And he offers multi million dollar contracts to any of the Image guys. Todd McFarlane, of course, who. All respect to Todd, I believe uh, made the big stink in the offices of Marvel and DC to keep his collaborators from being able to go back to hallowed ground right. from if image doesn't work out. He's like, get fucked. I don't want to do that. I got my own toys. Why would I sell toys for Toy Biz? Fuck them. Not wrong. He's a competitor. He's a direct competitor with Marvel because not only is he selling one of the top books 
of the market, but he's also a new toy company that's directly competing mm. with Toy Biz, which is owned by Marvel. And right. they are trying to put out higher-end toys, like the Mar McFarlane is, uh, yes. Yeah, McFarlane. Yeah. The articulation, the detail on them. Yeah, so toys are better. How do they have multi-millions of dollars to offer them? Well, they keep borrowing it. From, because, from their shareholders because ah. the stock is still doing okay because despite the fact that the market is tanked and everything's garbage, uh, Perelman is spending money hand over fist. Oh no, Perelman spends $400 million. Oh, he's investing. Yeah. He's investing in the future of yeah. Marvel. Yeah. This is going to yeah. pay dividends. And by the way, like I think in that most of these investments sales. are all well, phony deals that are just made to artificially make Marvel look like it is a entertainment juggernaut because mm -hmm. they're also like licensing to anybody. Look at this cool cartoon that just came out or this other cartoon or this video game series. Like there are people who were buying Toy Biz X-Men figures who had never heard of the X-Men before. <laughs> they were selling, the toys are selling better than the comic books. Right, look at how cool they are. Exactly. And they're so, gonna be collectibles one day. Yeah, but Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee. Right. They're like, this is too good to be true. They're offered. This leads into Onslaught? This leads into Onslaught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They offer this deal. You can do anything you want with any of these characters. You can take Fantastic Four, Iron Man, the Avengers and Captain America and everybody in between. And those are the four titles and the multi-million dollar deal, 12 issue maximum, six issue minimum. You can walk away after six issues. Jim Lee and Rob Life will be stupid to say no, they don't. And Heroes Reborn, which at the time was titled Unfinished Business. Because oh. of course, you know. Yeah. They, they left Marvel and then they got unfinished business. They're gonna come back, mm -hmm. kick the door in and revolutionize. Mm -hmm. Now, Calabresi makes this deal for unfinished business as we know it now, Heroes Reborn. And they're like, we got this big plan. By the way, at this time exactly, Wade and Garney are making Captain America double in sales. Captain America is no longer a shitty property. It's on its way up, but you're on your way out. You're fired. It's over. Yeah, let's give it yeah. a life felt. So oh, we got this the, bigger plan. For yeah, we got this image bigger guys. plan yeah. that we've spent millions of dollars to execute. So that's mm. on the horizon. Oh, by the way, in between Heroes World and this, over 250 Marvel staffers are fired. Oh. How big was the company? I mean, it was the biggest comic book publisher at the time during an unprecedentedly prosperous period. So. Oof. Who, what type of people were fired? Just editors, like everything. Editors, writers, staffers, yeah. Okay. Everyone, all the way from Did the top they down. Slash the number of titles they were producing, or the amount of books they were putting out. So they're like, all right, we got this big plan that's going to save our asses after all this unprecedented spending that we were just doing at the whim of our owner, who clearly was just doing it to line his own pockets from stock options, which he owned the controlling interest in. Well, how are we going to get to Heroes Reborn? How are we going to kill off or change? <laughs> all these books. Well, we gotta create an event. Well, X-Men's our biggest thing, so let's invent an event. So they come up with this idea, we're gonna do this massive event that's gonna result in a massive Marvel Universe spanning story that will ultimately end up with the shunting of the characters that we basically or leasing to Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld. So well, what a, are we gonna do? So fucking- It's like a crisis then. It's a crisis. We're trying to- you're not far off because in an interview with Wizard Magazine, they said it's not a crisis. <laughs> in fact, uh -oh. editor-in-chief Bob Harris is like, oh no, 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 it's not, a, it's not a crisis. Everything that you know and love about those characters will be preserved. We are not rebooting, we are not resetting, this is not a DC crisis. Mm -hmm. Everything that happened from Stan and Jack and everybody who worked on those characters will remain 
Fucking lies. Total <laughs> lies. Bold-faced lies. You want to read it? It's wizard number 56. So, so remember when uh, I said that Scott Liddell was like, oh, hey, so uh, I got this great pitch. Yeah. Juggernaut, uh, he says Onslaught, and, you know, money. So they're like, we're going to get rid of the Avengers. We're going to have this big multi-part event that's going to cover all our titles. We're going to use the X-Men to do it because they're the best sales juggernaut. And we know, thanks to Age of Apocalypse, that it does work. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Who, who has the ability to kill the Avengers? And Scott Lobel goes, Onslaught does. <laughs> and they're like, who the fuck's that? He's like, he's the guy who could punch Juggernaut so hard that like he would be defeated. And they're like, oh yeah, that's right. Anyway, Onslaught. Who is it? <laughs> yeah, what is Onslaught? And they're like, okay. So they have this idea, Onslaught. And the idea for Onslaught was, it's Professor X. It's the Dark Phoenix Saga for Professor Xavier. Right. And we're going to do it using continuity. We're going to say that all the shit that Xavier's been through for the last like several years has been building up and he just cracks. And the psychic energy of Professor X is generated into a dope ass new costume <laughs> that can defeat the Juggernaut. And ooh, you know, what I, you know what I just remembered? He can walk, yeah. <laughs> He's got the armor on. But I just remember the Juggernaut is the stepbrother of Professor Xavier, so there's a reason for him to punch Juggernaut now. Aha! Right. I'm a genius. And so... Because <laughs> he... It's just a sibling rivalry? Yeah! Well, Juggernaut used to beat on Xavier, uh, so now okay. Xavier's going to beat on Juggernaut. Oh. He just he just walks up to him and just like, Hey, Juggernaut. <laughs> no. He, this is for everything. He, yeah, no, he, he pants him. I suddenly had a no, problem he with has it. No, he has to... Become Onslaught, make Juggernaut not know who he is, and then kick his ass and then show him that he's Xavier, which is, of course, the big reveal uh-huh. of who Onslaught is. It's that uh, Juggernaut is, he's, his ass is kicked all the way to Jersey. A couple of X-Men clandestinely bump into him while they see Pulp Fiction in the theater. <laughs> they recover him. They bring him to the Xavier Mansion. Uh, Jean Grey has, always, has already been tormented by Onslaught because Onslaught wants to uh, scare slash enlist powerful psychics and telepaths mm. in his quest because of course it's Xavier he's cracked he wants you know it, it all starts from his peaceful coexistence between humans and mutants what's he gonna do now uh, we'll, we'll figure that out in a minute I don't know yet but like trust me it's gonna be awesome so so, so uh, it's like a mystery it's, it's a like mystery who onsla- is Onslaught yeah Onslaught definitely punched. not like any of the crises Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Nothing like. Don't think of it as a crisis. <laughs> oh yeah. Certainly I mean, not. Is this Xavier having a crisis yeah. himself. Yeah. Do, well, is he, he in the book is and he he's just like crisis? being himself, but secretly he's also being onslaught and punching yes. like Juggernaut and stuff. Yes. Is he being so it's real like, moody? So like, yes. like Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goes to the grocery store. They're out of his favorite whatever. <laughs> and that's the straw that breaks the yeah. camel's back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll be right well, back. Walks out of the store. Then like, oh, my plane shows oatmeal. Up, like, no! Punches the store. Yeah, there is a, uh, there is a straw. It comes back in. <gasps> Whoa, what, what happened? happened? Oh, no. Now, oh, here it is. <laughs> it, it, it's more that he is deliberately obscuring his identity from the ex- from okay. the X-Men. Like he So he's just he's just a bad guy. He's just become and he's a bad guy. He's pretending to be a good guy. Yes. And when he's better talking to, to the X-Men. You know, obscure his identity than a telepath. That's right. That's he's right. just over there wringing his hands. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's literally a scene where he is like he's looking at a, a file that he's kept because Xavier has kept files like Batman <laughs> on everyone from the Xavier Institute. Okay. And the Marvel Universe. 
about their weaknesses and their yeah, strengths that's so that he a little can defeat creepy. them. And I mean, X-Men makes sense. Sure, he's got a danger room. He's got a team. He needs to improve his team. Yeah. Well, and there's and the whole the anti-mutant right. thing. He's like, maybe someday the Someone government will, use, will use the Avengers against me. I gotta be able to fight the Avengers. Right, right. And, and does Marvel sell those files as separate issues that you can pick up so you too <laughs> can know what Onslaught knows? You mean the Xavier files? Yeah. Oh. oh really? Yeah. They sold a book about the ideas awesome. for Onslaught they didn't even get a chance to use. Oh man. There's a book called The 101 Ways to End the Clone Saga and it's written from the perspective of the editors at Marvel for Spider-Man. That's so weird. Yeah. Like every page is just like a different version of the last page of the Clone Saga? Y no, it's more <laughs> like it's it's a drawn version of the editors in the room <gasps> what? talking about it. <laughs> You don't That's actually get to terrible. see any fun Spider-Man stuff. That's it's so just them weird. Talking. It's yeah. a comic book of people in a room talking yes. about about writing about comics. stuff you should see in a comic uh, book. But at some point they get pizza. It, oh it doesn't matter. That's it's so sucked. weird. But Marvel is not beyond making those books. Yeah, they're making. You should actually leave through shit. it. Look at the covers as it gets closer to the end of Onslaught because that's when marketing starts getting involved with uh -huh. how to sell Onslaught. Right. But. Uh, yeah, so Xavier, of course, as Onslaught goes to get Jean Grey, he like knocks her ass out, pulls her into the psychic plane, shows her how everything sucks. You know, like uh, Sabretooth's illegitimate son, Graydon Creed, is running for president and he's doing a damn good job and he's gonna win. Oh, is this the reveal? Yeah, that's the reveal. Oh, I found it. And uh, he, you know, Graydon Creed is like talking about a peaceful coexistence between humans and mutants, but <laughs> behind the scenes he's like, yeah, we're gonna kill all the mutants and we're gonna round them all up. And Onslaught's like, look, and Jean's like, yeah, I'm a telepath. I know that's gonna happen. I just believe in the future and I believe people will like beat him. I believe that like democracy will prevail. Right. It's the same like, shit we've been dealing with for like 30 years. Right? He's like, okay, okay, never mind. How about this? Uh, God damn it, Jean! You know who sucks? Professor Xavier. And she's like, no, he's great. He raised me since I was a kid. Like he 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 brought me in as a little girl. And he's like, yeah, oh, how about this? He wanted to fuck you. And she's like, what? And it's like, yeah, actually in the Jack what? Kirby Stan Lee comic book in the very, yes. like in like one of the first two issues, Professor X's thought balloon is about how he's in, lo in love with her and how he can never oh. be with her because he like raised her and stuff. Not really, but like he helped yeah. cultivate her as a child. And she's like, oh, that's pretty fucked up. And it's like Professor X is like falling on his sword to obscure the fact that he is Professor Xavier, despite the fact that he's like literally going to reveal it in the next issue. They do, I'm Onslaught, join Wait, us. Why in this weird mental plane do you have a boner? <laughs> right? And he's like, oh. So how does Onslaught convince her that that's true? Like she would just say, well, you're just lying. Right. I guess because they're in the astral plane, I don't know. Yeah, you can't lie in the astral plane. But she can sense that it, he's lying? It just does. Like, how do you know what Professor X thinks about right. me? Right, well, because we don't want to waste pages trying to get him to convince her otherwise. Right. It just needs to be a moment that she sees so and goes, she's <gasps> like, oh so no. Yeah. So she's just a rube who just believes. She wouldn't believe, but that the audience will believe because yes. they remember it. Right, exactly. And so because we know it, she believes it. Right. Anyway, uh -huh. so it, it doesn't work out. And of course she rejects him and then he's like, okay, right. fuck it. So then he like, he lures the egg. Oh, so then he kicks the shit out of Juggernaut. Uh, Juggernaut, of course, is chased by Onslaught or he's like, he has this bad feeling that Onslaught's after him. Mm. Uh, Juggernaut, of course, does not have his helmet on because he takes it off in deference to Jean to show that he trusts her because he knows that she could use her abilities on him if he doesn't have his helmet on. Right. Anyway, so uh, Xavier chases him through the mansion as Onslaught. And then, you know, as Onslaught, he picks him up. And he, you know, Juggernaut is not a mutant. He's a magically bestowed character. He's just a right. dude who found the crystal of Cytorak and literally just went into his body. And <laughs> yeah, it's so just he keeps, him. it makes him the human Juggernaut. But uh, 
there's a great moment where because I guess it's like metaphysical or psychic, Onslaught can physically reach into Juggernaut's body and pull the crystal out. So uh -huh. he does, which reduces K. Marco into his original self. Just a dude. Yeah, He's and then reveals like, you know how long I've been waiting for this moment? All my life. And that's when it's like, oh shit, it's Professor X. Then Professor X sends out a psychic no. like call to the X-Men and goes like, yo, come here, I got something to tell you. <laughs> and then they all get there and like, what's up? And like, somebody eventually notices that like, the crystal of Ciderag is sitting on his desk and he's like, we should kill like everybody. We should kill like all the humans and fuck them. And like, the X-Men are like, what? Is this like a prank? He didn't put the crystal in his own chest. No and become Onslaught <laughs> <laughs> no, it's which like, no, I think I is an oversight to. because like if you can take the the mind of Xavier out of his head like Red Skull does later on and put it on your own brain and become Red Onslaught, then you should totally be able to become the Onslaugernaut. Some of these issues don't seem to have Onslaught in them at all. That's hard to believe. But they're but I'm looking at well, them. Well, because they technically are part of Onslaught. Well, how could they technically be part of Onslaught and he's not even there? They're well, just talking about the what Onslaught's doing? Yes. Well, so, well okay. Look, so, if, if Onslaught is not in a panel, <laughs> pe characters in those panels should be talking about him or wondering where he is. That's exactly what it is. God now, damn it! Here's, here's the reason why the Marvel Universe even gets involved. So, uh, <laughs> Onslaught, of course, you know, he makes a sales pitch to the X-Men, they reject him. He reveals he's Professor X, they're like, shit. Uh, he then takes over a Sentinel-producing factory and just whips up a whole bunch of new sentinels that have a special frequency or, or, or mechanism that allows them to channel psychic energy. And okay. then he goes in front of everybody and he's like, I'm Onslaught, look at my dick. And they're also afraid that their fear and psychic energy is like amplified. And so the sentinels that are surrounding New York, because Onslaught sets up feed shop. Feed off of it? Feed off of it or, or channel into Onslaught and make him even more powerful. So if the well, people of New York start <laughs> chanting, we're not afraid of you, and they have a Ghostbusters 2 moment. Right, if they get the Statue of Liberty, maybe to inspire them. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that wouldn't that work. That would weaken him. Yeah, maybe. Except that, you see, Onslaught has multiple contingencies for his plan, which sucks. Uh, his plan uh, is that he is going to create basically like a unimind for everybody. Like he's going to he's gonna blend everyone's consciousnesses together. Like a phalanx? Like a phalanx to make everyone kind of one one hive mind. Uh, so is that to unite everybody? It's kind of like a like a bastardization of Xavier's dream, right? It's because it's unifying everybody. Right. Uh, but the reason why he doesn't do it originally is because to try that would be to kill the humans. The human minds are not as strong as mutant minds or whatever. And so it would kill everybody. But also it's like, I'm, really, I'm, I'm more powerful. Plus, I've got I'm the, more powerful, so I can do it. Yes, I'm so powerful, that's it. I'll be able to stop people from dying. Yeah, and becoming a big unit of mine. <laughs> and he's got, the he's got the Sentinel augmentation, plus he needs the combined powers of uh, new hotness character X-Man and, uh, Nathan and, and, uh, and uh, Franklin Richards. Ah. So, um, I'm out. X-Man is a super powerful character who's also a lot of fun. He was birthed in the Age of Apocalypse story arc. Uh -huh. uh, he is a byproduct of uh, the combined genetics of Jean Grey and Scott Summers because yep. even in the Age of Apocalypse universe, Mr. Sinister wants to see the Summers and Greys get together and make babies. Uh, I just, I want to be happy for you. Well, okay? he, he, thinks that <laughs> just a, he thinks that a Summers and Grey child combining their DNA will create a being strong enough to defeat uh, Apocalypse. 
in the Age of uh. Apocalypse. So he genetically engineers uh, Nate Gray, aka X Man, because technically Cable is the byproduct of the genetics yeah. of Scott Summers and Yeah, that already happened. Uh, but he was yeah, made... He sucks. <laughs> I can't control him and it's Age of Apocalypse, <laughs> it doesn't exist. So Nate is now like proto-Cable, you know? It's like Cable was the natural coupling of those people. Right. And of course he has the techno-organic virus, which he needs to use the totality of his powers uh, internally. It's why you never see Cable actually like, do anything or cut loose. Right. Because he's actually using the power inward to keep the virus at bay from to taking not over. Die. Yes, yeah. to keep him from dying. Yeah, right. but there was a there was a cure for that virus. That was the legacy virus. Oh, the techno-organic virus is not? No, that's right. Yeah. Legacy oh. virus is AIDS. Techno-organic is becoming a robot. Yeah. So, oh, also, uh, one of the reasons why Xavier fell is because of his failure to keep the legacy virus at bay. You know, it's the, uh, it's, the oh. it's the adamantium of Wolverine, the legacy virus, uh, his inability to rehabilitate Sabretooth, and his ravaging of Psylocke, and then also uh, this mutant who, like, looks gross, wanted to join the X-Men, or at the very least get out of his podunk town where people are going to beat him to death, but he's, uh, like, two minutes too late from getting there, and so he's beaten to death, and that's the straw that breaks the camel's back and makes him lose it. And he's like, no! Now, the funny what oh, about oh, uh, that time that he mind-wiped uh, Magneto? Well, that well, see, now that's really important because like what he, what what was originally there was he mind wipes Magneto, and that's the move that he does. Like the failure is that Wolverine is hurt, and the lashing out that he does against Magneto is a indication that he might become onslaught someday. It's just right. it's just why would he do that? It's just so out of character. Mm -hmm. uh, in reality, when they made Fatal Attractions, they had no fucking plan for that whatsoever. Right. They were just uh, also, like, yeah, that's what he would do. That yeah. seems like a solution to the problem. Like, exactly. Yeah, he's a super Magneto took it so far. Well, plus, he wipes his mind. Right. Yeah. Well, plus, like, we don't know what to do with Magneto anymore. Yeah, and we, I really need his mind to be wiped. We need to just get him the <laughs> hell out of here. Like, we killed Magneto after, like, the opening arc when Jim Lee sold the highest grossing comic book of all time with Chris Claremont. We kill him shortly thereafter, and then he comes back, and he fatal attractions us, and so then we mind wipe him because we can't just kill him again. That'd be really redundant. Right. Yeah, we've so, already killed him once. Yeah, yeah, so now I'll mind wipe him, and then he'll leave, and then they'll clone him, and then keep Magneto, but release the clone, and then we'll think the clone is Magneto and call him Joseph. So forget that. Hey, at least... Oh, but Joseph does show up at the end of this book. At least Onslaught <laughs> looks like Magneto, so you're just like, oh my god, it's Magneto again! Yes, and people are like, ooh, is Magneto back? Is he scarier than ever and bigger and beefier? Like, yes, it's kind of a misdirect. Yeah. But it's, it's just that Professor X is dressing like Magneto right. if he drank the ooze from Ninja Turtles. Now, halfway <laughs> through making Onslaught, which is just an event where Professor X is going to link up all the minds, but he's too arrogant to stop because what he's going to do is going to kill everybody. Like, right. That's it. like, no, 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 I'll stop. No, no, no like, I got it. It should kill everybody, but because I'm me, it won't. Right. So well, he's I'm pretty great. That's yeah. his plan. Yeah. Uh, they're going to fight him to do that, and that's what happens for the rest of the fucking book, is then just trying to stop him. I don't understand, like, why doesn't he just do it? Like, what... Well, he's got... Well, okay, because like, yeah, it's a multi-step plan. He's got he's, all he's, the Sentinels. Well, he's got the Sentinels, but, like, the Avengers and Spider-Man are fighting those Sentinels. Uh. Plus, he also needs to get Nate Gray, who, from the Age of Apocalypse, of course, Mr. Sinister makes him. He fights in Age of Apocalypse, and then Age of Apocalypse ends. Reality's reset, but Nate Gray is just so fucking powerful. Popular. And he just <laughs> falls out of the goddamn sky and arrives in the main universe. Naked. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, he's still wearing clothes. Also, <laughs> Holocaust, too. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, oh, and Dark oh, great. Oh, and Dark Beast. So oh, yeah, and, I uh, saw Dark Beast there for a second. Yeah, Dark Beast from the Age of Apocalypse. There's like a lot happening here. It's Bone Call Wolverine. Yep, yep. Which was hanging out with Elektra. Yep. Well, because Bone Claw Wolverine gives up part of his humanity to. to Doom is here. Doom's there too. Kang is here. Kang, Kang's yep. also there. The Fantastic Force, which we freaking covered on GBU. Oh, you're talking about the Fantastic Force? I, yes. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I know those characters. <laughs> you son we of a bitch. did a GBU book. <laughs> well, it's a big universe span event. We got to get them all in freaking there. Sue Storm's got her crazy costume on. Yeah. Agatha Harkness is here. Because well, that's a Fantastic Four comic. We're not going to stop doing... Because here's the thing. Okay. Okay. So, remember how low morale is at Marvel. <laughs> Most of these people, sure. Fantastic Four, they know that they're going to be replaced at the end of this. Right. So, they are not doing their best. They are writing their own irrelevancy. <laughs> so, you can imagine that they are doing either a shitty job, a half-assed job, or they're refusing to participate in Onslaught Right. to any degree, but it is technically happening and they have to technically get there. Plus, they also ingeniously made Franklin Richards part of Onslaught's plan, so Franklin has to be a factor in the Fantastic Four book. Man, it's really too bad that he's not allowed to be on Krakoa right I now. I agree. It would make Onslaught's plan a lot more uh, effective. He could have been in Way of X. Yes. Now, I, I don't understand why Nate Gray hasn't been pulled into the Krakoa situation. Yes, he, he died. He's oh. Nate Gray. Huh. He can come back. What is his Anyone role in, in this? Onslaught's plan? He keeps saying that Onslaught well, needs him, but well, like, for here, what? Here's why. Because they're like super telepaths? Well, here's the thing. Nate Gray is really powerful. And when he first... Really powerful how? Like, it's <laughs> over 9,000? Like, yes. What does that mean, though? He can do anything. Like, <laughs> it he means can't... he's an Omega-level mutant. Like, yes. Yeah, but like, what he, does that mean? He's something beyond that. Oh. Well, he's, uh, he's like a super saiyan. As a matter oh. of fact, Onslaught is beyond Omega after he incorporates <laughs> Nate Gray and Franklin Richards. Franklin Richards... In no. Incorporates? Yeah, incorporates them. Yeah, he has to pull them into himself. Nate Gray <laughs> fights Xavier before Onslaught. And when he does, it is that Xavier projects a astral projection of himself. Nate Gray pulls Xavier out of the astral plane and makes a physical manifestation of his astral form. So Nate Gray is so powerful he can make physical manifestations of What's astral his beings. Power? It doesn't matter. His powers are telekinesis, telepathy, energy, whatever. It doesn't matter. He can make those things happen. <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like his power is getting his ass kicked. Well, right now it is because he has to fight Onslaught because he teaches Xavier how to make... By pulling Xavier through the astral plane and making a physical manifestation of Xavier's psychic, like, character mm -hmm. or avatar okay. he teaches Xavier how to do it because Xavier's a, pow a, a powerful telepath and so he gets that idea so as a result Xavier is able to manifest Onslaught right he learns that trick from, from X-Man to make Onslaught a physical being but and he's why his he own like manifestation like, yeah, well, yeah does, but, his, does he lose consciousness or something yeah he, he just turns Onslaught on and then this thing shows up yes. that that's like really big and has but armor. But now he and can be awake and Onslaught can be yes. there? Yes, yes. And also this is the, this book is the reason why I can never beat um, Marvel versus Capcom. <laughs> that's right. Because well, no, it's actually because of the ingenious marketing that's going on because they're licensing literally everything. Well, because this is it. Like, this is the thing. Oh, I yeah. Need. He says, behold my mighty hand at least twice in this book. Well, he can Which kick. he says in the video game. He can kick rocks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he needs to incorporate Nate Gray because Nate Gray can do anything and he is going to use Nate Gray's like, innate, uh, uh, power along with his psychic connection to 
uh, be able to also stabilize that like omni mind that he's gonna make with oh, everybody. Yeah. Franklin Richards has reality warping power, so he can like make circumstances work to his favor. Don't worry, everybody. Hawkeye's here. We're gonna be fine. Uh, oh, Hawkeye <laughs> does pull a clutch maneuver in Marvel Universe Onslaught. Does he? Uh, yes. Doctor Doom is going to siphon power from Onslaught while no one's looking, and Hawkeye shoots the power dampener. He's like, I can't deal with that. I can take care of this. But I can yeah. stop Doctor Doom from, I guess, from you know, from taking some portion of this power. I could have shot yeah. him in the power dampener. I shot him in the eye. <laughs> right in there. Yeah, that'd be dope. Oh, what the hell is this? That's the Watcher. The I Watcher, know it is. The Watcher is actually uh, at some point, like around two thirds of the way through, uh, the Watcher starts like showing up because the because the editors want you to be really excited about the fact that Onslaught is. Yeah, oh, like, the Watcher's oh, here! Some, Something's happening. Oh, this isn't just your run of the mill no, event where Doctor X watching and goes yeah, crazy. Did you see? The Watcher uh, and this Professor book? X. No, I don't think you did. That's right. So this is this way is bitter. Even bigger. It's bigger and better. better. Oh, even better than that. You like that book? Watcher <laughs> is going to talk to Apocalypse throughout this book. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the two of them chat about Watcher like is, how it's going. Watcher is Apocalypse there. Because he's waiting for this to end. Because here's the thing. The Age of Apocalypse happens because mm. of time travel. Yeah. But it's the absence of Xavier that ushers in the Age of Apocalypse. At the end of this, Xavier's gonna go away, as will humanity's heroes. So it could usher in an age of apocalypse. Yeah, but we already read that. Right. Yeah. But we like, can't have a but circular apocalypse story. is still right, hanging out there waiting to do it again. Yes. It's he's like, it's a good plan. I don't see why just yeah, because this, I this did time, it and I lost it, like Apocalypse didn't know about the age of apocalypse. He just lived it because of an alternate reality. Now he knows about it and he wants to get it back. Right. Sans one-armed wolverine and stuff so anyway uh halfway through doing onslaught like making this book right they realize that they don't want to character assassinate xavier oh uh, well that ship has yeah, sailed yeah no you I, this this amount of the book that already happened this, this amount of the book already did that no yeah. so here's what we're no, gonna do no, now we're happened. gonna retcon it so no, here's what? what we're gonna do oh, we're gonna God. retcon it so that uh not it's not that xavier uh, is just a monster, or right. that he just has enough. No, he uh, is. What if, what if, what, 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 you know, you know that great moment in Fatal Attractions that everybody likes? What if, what, what if, what if? There was no great moment in Fatal Attractions. <laughs> when he mind wipes it Magneto. What if, in a Wolverine book, we show that uh, after Magneto is mind wiped by Xavier, some part of Magneto imprints <laughs> oh, onto Professor Xavier <laughs> and uh, is copied. You see, and what's what's worse, it's actually worse than that. It's worse than the Matrix reference. And the reason why it's worse is because we don't Matrix Professor X. We parallax him. That a psychic manifestation of Magneto's megalomania becomes a little impish creature that jumps out of Magneto and into Professor Xavier. What? Hold on. Yeah, like, you remember when Hal Jordan just went nuts because Coast City got destroyed and he destroys the Green Lantern Corps? Yeah. yeah. And becomes Parallax? And then yeah. Jeff John's like, no, no. No. Hal Jordan's one of my favorite characters. You can't do that. So instead, it's that Parallax, the embodiment of fear, went into Hal Jordan and made him do those things. Yeah. Same fucking thing. Wow. Instead of some part of Magneto's consciousness imprinting onto Xavier, a physical, well, like a, a, a kind of psychic, but literal manifestation of Magneto's megalomania, and they make sure to say it's that, <laughs> literally like crawls in. jumps out of his body like a like a little gremlin. Like the old humors. Yeah, yeah, hey, good, good reference. I, I have to keep this because look at this like knot foot. I, I can't. Oh. <laughs> 
I can't not see that. Know. Like, just, you know what they're doing? They're, they're, and I'm like, that's a flipper. Well, they're just getting ready for for life. <laughs> there it is. That. Jump. <laughs> <laughs> that. Oh my god, that's so that's crappy. so stupid. That sucks. sucks. I wondered why they were showing Fatal Attraction so in much. the middle of this book because it's important. Because in the middle of Onslaught, they're like, oh, we got to change that. The hell. I know it totally that's sucks. So crappy. But that's like, that's. And his design is as crappy as it should be. Yes. Yep. It's as crappy as an idea. I, I don't I know agree. what I was imagining when you described it, but that's like worse. It's much worse. My brain was imagining like a salacious crumb, and it, yeah. it's worse than that. It's worse than, than salacious yeah. crumb. So here's this great thing. Uh, so if you're if you're confused, if you're like, what? Wait, so Xavier and, and Magneto, like, how does that make Onslaught? Don't worry, because they have an equation for you right here. Uh, Xavier's goals plus Magneto's methods equals Onslaught, an all-powerful omnipath Determined to rule slash save the world by any means necessary. Well, that, well, that's just Magneto. That's bad math. That's just a stronger Magneto. Yeah, that's why he looks just like Magneto. What happened to the kind and gentle part of Xavier? Well, it, it, shut up. It, it is Xavier, though. That's that's what that's the part. <laughs> but, no, this is just yeah, Magneto. Yeah, but, yeah, but, it's but, just but Magneto. one part of him is reflected in Onslaught's well, uh, I guess agenda. The the Omni, the Omni Yeah, Omni the, the fact part. that he's a telepath. Yeah. Yeah, the telepath. Yeah, the, the power. Telepath. The power well, part. The, yeah. the concept that he's like, I'll bring everybody together. Together. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll force them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The Omni Mind is that's right. where that comes from. That's what Magneto wanted to do. He wanted to bring everyone together. Yeah. yeah. He wanted just to kill the humanity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just the Just the. Yeah. Mutants. Just him. So. See, we have the same goal. <laughs> yeah. He he tricks Franklin into being part of him by so like. Are being... you telling me that this isn't actually Xavier? Well, here's the thing. It was Xavier. You know, some part of Magneto is on Xavier, but it is it's Xavier. He gets the yeah, idea it's like to a make corrupted Onslaught. version of Xavier. Exactly. But then Thor blasts through Onslaught and grabs Xavier physically and pulls him out of there, out of Onslaught. Oh. And they're like, "We did it!" But then Onslaught's like, "Finally, I'm free. I don't have Xavier's kindness or his <laughs> his his patience." Uh -huh. And so they're or like his power. No, I no, no because I Xavier that. learned from X Men and still had X Men and Franklin in there. Wait, X Men and Franklin are still inside. Yes, like physically inside. Yes, are they inside? Why doesn't Thor pull them out? He well, because they were like we only have one shot at this to throw Thor at Onslaught. Oh, and we figure if we if we sever. Xavier from Onslaught, that's it, because like Onslaught is Xavier. And right. it's like, no, because of X-Men, I made a physical astral character. And he's so, different. He's a different consciousness. So wait, Xavier is it, literally disconnected from Onslaught. And Onslaught's like, that's all I want in the first place. So wait a minute. So he's a villain they can fight on, at the end. On, okay, hold on. Hold on. Sure. Hold up. Hold on. So Onslaught originally is just like kind of a big guy. Yes. And Xavier's inside that. Yes. Yeah. Well, because they keep siphoning off all the psychic like energy from everybody's fear, he gets bigger and bigger. Okay, because I was like, how are two other people in there? <laughs> it's it's more like a state of mind, but they are physically in there. Maybe it's like the TARDIS, where like they're like bigger on the inside, they're like chakras. <laughs> yeah, like, like one's the yeah. head and yeah. one's the heart. It's literally like one's like, the anus. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like they're just it, when you see them in there, it's like a room. You know, so it, yeah. well, I know he's got like a big sentinel body thing, right? Here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. Uh, uh, did you know that Jim Lee is going to draw Fantastic Four when this is done? Because that's going to be freaking awesome. So why don't you just <laughs> why don't you just enjoy the ride? I just How get, about you get all the way off my back? How about you get all the way off my back? Oh, okay. I'm just I'm just trying to understand oh, well. what the writer is trying to convey well, in any given is panel. The problem is it's written by like six different people, uh, and uh, so they don't really know. And like one of them at least knows that he's getting fired. 
Like, Mark Wade jumps on the X-Men and tries to shepherd this fucking nonsense and is just like, well, but, but you got me fired off of the... Whatever. But, like, Nate Gray's here. Well, he doesn't get pulled in until later. But there's no, not... here he is. Yeah, he's right there. He's in Onslaught. Yeah, he's, he's inside. In him, but, yes. then, but he's yelling at him. Yeah, Onslaught's projecting himself inside of himself so he can communicate with X-Men while he's doing stuff outside. <laughs> oh, my God, it's a projection <laughs> of a physical manifestation of a projection? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, then the whole thing culminates in a big slap fight at the end where, like, you know, you've seen a thousand different breakdowns of what that is. But, like, honestly, I, I kind of dig it. And the reason why I like the last... Because the rest of it's bullshit. Right? The rest of it's bullshit. And what's interesting... Yeah, though they completely changed what it was. Yeah, they Like, it was almost yeah. interesting right. when it was Xavier and he actually did crack. Exactly. And, yeah. like, yeah, became a bad Xavier guy. Xavier is a good story. Well, it's yeah. at least an idea. Yeah. So we are 10 blocks past bullshit at this point. <laughs> That's right. Uh, now it's just a monster. Now you're just, you're just punching a big monster. You got it. <laughs> now they can fight a big monster. Uh, yeah, they would be, you know, conflicted if they had to fight Xavier. Yeah, there'd Xavier. be like drama That there. would be a good story. <laughs> I, I, I would hesitate to even say it's good, yeah. but it would at least be a story as opposed to a marketing excuse to make these characters drawn by people who literally quit your company and took a shit on your desk <laughs> oh and also pay them millions of dollars to do it yeah so well this is the only way that marvel's gonna survive yeah is if yeah. we call the people that quit is if we get them back yeah you know except the bottom's already fallen out of the so, market it's 96 no one gives a shit about wildcats anymore <laughs> wait when does when does xavier get blasted out of onslaught much or? earlier like like around here earlier yeah, in that thor book probably yeah, well it's thor has no shirt on he has this terrible Marvel versus DC costume, and then I, I don't remember if it's shirt. I think it's shirtless Thor, and then terrible Marvel versus DC costume. So you got you got to go earlier than 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 oh. than, than Gimp oh, costume. Okay. Oh, is this bear shirt Thor? By the way, yes. There's yeah. a great moment where it's um, Batman because uh, <laughs> Professor X, well, Onslaught creates like a child version of Xavier to lure uh, Franklin in to Onslaught in the first place mm -hmm. because you know they're like hanging a play date yeah like a play like a playmate he's like no it's like candy Wait, is it right there? and what's or great is, is right they, they end up playing there it is uh, a, a little Xavier and little Franklin Richards are playing a literal overpower card game oh like that they own and sell yeah like there's a marketing so funny. in the book that's a marketing ploy like yeah. oh, damn. oh my god it's just that's shameless genius. <laughs> I can't believe there wasn't a number at the end of this. Be like, if you want this book to end one way, call this number. Well, if your retailer is like interested in you know staying afloat this quarter, he'll sell you those cards along with the next chapter of Onslaught. So, man, there's a lot of book after they after Thor rips uh, Professor X out of there. They gotta get, get they gotta get more Benjamins it's out of It's like here. it's quite a bit. So, do they get uh, Franklin Richards? I mean, they bust no, at some point. They get have to do that there. at the end. They have to defeat uh. Onslaught. Eventually, they do. They get a, they get they get. Uh, so well, both Franklin Richards and, and Nate, Nate get What is all of this then? You know, he's he's building the Sentinels. Yeah, he's making he's Sentinels. The Sentinels they got to fight Sentinels. Like, the Avengers are fighting the Sentinels. Yeah. There's three Spider-Man tie-ins where he doesn't Sentinels. do anything. And like, you know, they fight a Sentinel. And then Ben and Peter team up and they're like, let's go to the Central Park fight. And then they don't go to the Central Park fight because oh. if they did, they would have jumped into the bubble that would have sent them to the Heroes Reborn universe. Oh yeah, so where's Excuse the, me. how does that happen? Oh, at the end of the book, uh, everyone gets together. And by the way, that's the only issue I like of this whole thing because it's written by Mark Wade, and he's just, it's his swan song. He's like saying goodbye mm. to like the Marvel universe because for them. And he's not saying like goodbye. No, it's just like, it's sad. Like 
everyone's fired. They filed for chapter 11 before they made this book. Like <laughs> the future is uncertain. Yeah. You're gonna bring in the image guys whose stock has already considerably diminished. And the only people getting rich are people who don't give a shit about comic books. So like, goodbye. Also my book that I made that like is selling is canceled for no reason. So he's writing this book as like a farewell. So it's kind of cool to watch everybody in the Marvel universe that can't sell a book fight Onslaught. And so they do, and they- Because you think to yourself, maybe they're gonna die. Yeah, yeah, and they do. I mean, like, for all its purposes, they do. So, uh, you know, they, they the X-Men and the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and everybody team up, and they go to fight Onslaught in Central Park, and they, they turn off Bruce Banner from, from Hulk, who was smart at this time. Oh. So Hulk goes savage, he cracks Onslaught's armor. Onslaught's like, this is in my final form, and becomes like Thought itself. So what? Thor jumps in to absorb the energy that is Onslaught. And then uh, it's not enough, so more and more heroes, all the ones that need to be drawn by image people, have to <laughs> jump into Onslaught to contain his essence, and that rips them apart, and they need to be destroyed by the X-Men, because if, an, if a mutant goes in, they will... The idea here is that like because Onslaught was birthed from mutants, if a mutant is in any way absorbed by Onslaught, it can give Onslaught another opportunity to live again. It's just a convenient plot device oh. so that no mutant characters who are selling can jump into Onslaught. Right. That's just a great reason why you say, hey, prison system, just throw all the death row inmates right into Onslaught. <laughs> That's exactly what they're doing. So they throw themselves in and then the X-Men have to like destroy the Avengers slash energy bubble that they're in or whatever. So it looks like the Avengers and the X-Men are teaming up to fight Onslaught and then the Avengers win, and then the X-Men just kill the Avengers and the, and, and the Fantastic Four, which sets mutant relations uh, back a hundred years or whatever. Ugh. Even though the next like books are not really that interesting and like don't really follow that along, but it does help Graydon Creed's approval rating. Uh, also, uh, you know, they're trying to like figure out what to do with Xavier after this, and uh, so Onslaught, while he had Xavier in him, like turns Xavier's powers off and makes Xavier think that he rewrote his DNA or whatever and made him a human. But then later, another psychic shows Xavier that like, no, he just flipped the off switch. Uh, so Xavier's like, oh, okay. So Xavier can get his powers back later. Right. Uh, but yeah, so... So he just tricked him. Yes, he tricked He, so he tricked himself. He tricked himself. He phantom limbed his own mind. He's like, could you not turn them back on? I like going for a jog. He... he d <laughs> right? Uh, so that's... I'm the best shape of my life. So he, he is in pretty good shape. So the, the Heroes Were Born universe, Onslaught's body is like a portal to it? No. Well, oh. no. Franklin Richards basically converts that energy oh. into another universe so that... So Instead like, of them dying. I, I don't want you to die. Let me send you away. He's the St. Elsewhere autistic boy <laughs> where he just goes like, I don't want you to go. So he puts them into a snow globe, which is just a blue ball that he plays around with. So like... Is it because his parents jumped in? Yes. Well, and because if you want to go down the rabbit hole, maybe <laughs> Franklin Richards is in charge of the Marvel Universe and that's why no one ages. Because everyone's the age that he remembers That he them. remembers them? <laughs> Oh. He's so powerful, he like keeps the Marvel Universe like in one state. That's how like time can pass, but it doesn't for everybody that he cares about. And why so, like random like young characters can age and then become like the age they need to be to be superheroes, uh -huh. but like Spider-Man's still 25. <laughs> because Spider-Man's his favorite superhero. Right. So you're what? just Franklin Richards. Like every reader is Franklin Richards. Yeah, you're yes. Franklin Richards. Yeah. You're Franklin Richards. <laughs> you're Franklin Richards. So the uh, you yes, know, so everybody yes, dies yes. and then like they're like, I, okay. I don't want to be Franklin Richards. <laughs> well you are. Damn it. So then uh, Onslaught ends uh. and you know, the sales are fine. The critical reception is 
terrible. Yeah. Like what? Marvel because it's insane. Like, how could that be? It's great, actually. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this book. There's so much going on. <laughs> there's so many things that happen in Look it. At there's all the pictures. Look at there's pictures. This is why colors. This is why young people who read this are like, what the fuck? Who gives a shit about Onslaught? He's stupid as hell. <laughs> it's like a stupid big suit. Yeah, he sucks. It's a big robot. Well, and it's boring and it doesn't make any sense. I don't even know what the hell I'm looking at. Well, there's, there's action and just, there's... Grah. You're telling me it's Magneto, <laughs> but it's actually Xavier. It's like, just like, just like Yeah. <laughs> Marvel relied on Wizard to do a lot of their press for them. Uh-huh. And Behold, what's great? Captain America's tiny nose. And, and zero lips. And, and, and just all those, those lines. When you're that patriotic, you don't, you need, don't lips. need lips. Wizard pans the whole damn thing. They're like, <gasps> really? They're like, no. Onslaught is critically, it's creatively bankrupt. It makes no sense. Captain America was selling well, and now you got <laughs> Rob Liefeld drawn it. What the fuck is happening? What well, was like, dude? Yeah. <laughs> What's what the, the hell fuck? did I pay you for? I feel like I know exactly what it was. They're like, uh, you have millions of dollars to throw at fucking Rob Liefeld, but not old wizard? What the fuck? So, <laughs> Rob know. Liefeld, he can't even draw feet. <laughs> so, so then Heroes Are Born actually happens before Onslaught even ends. They're like, woo! And then Onslaught ends, and it's like, oh! And you get you get all this shit. Well, we uh, still got Heroes Are Born. Now, what happens to Heroes Are Born? Uh, the reason why image books were late is because these artists take a long time to draw it, and you hired yeah. these people who are chronically late to put out your monthly comic books, and so it took forever to come out, and so, you know, after the first issue, by, by the way, there was a little bit of a bump, the first issue's obviously sold, but like, mm -hmm. that's the case with any number one issue, mm. which is why Marvel has like more than 12 number one issues in a year, <laughs> uh, every year, Rob Liefeld, I don't know if he felt bad or if he was just not talented enough, but he asked Mark Wade to script his Captain America. Oh. Mark Wade, of course, fired off of Captain America. He's like, well, why don't you script my Captain America? Mark looks at this shit and he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wade's like, fuck that. And he, he's much more diplomatic than we are about it, but like, he re he's just like, no. I'm not putting my name on that. Yeah, ironically, what's great about the legacy of Heroes Are Born and Captain America and Mark Wade and Ron Garney is that like, you know, sales double, Heroes Are Born, little bump, but tanks. Yeah. And they're out millions of dollars for their stupid contracts that never get fulfilled. At the end of it, when the Heroes Return, in the Heroes Return event, Mark Wade and Ron Garney take over for Captain America. <laughs> here's, here's a really messed up thing that like, whatever. Uh, Mark Gruenwald had worked on the uh, Captain America book forever. Uh, he was like 42. Uh, he gets an advanced copy of Captain America number one mm -hmm. and then died. <gasps> oh my it was God. That bad. It killed him. He had a heart attack. <laughs> it's a, it's a kind of symbolic death because like everything that made Marvel special was like, was falling apart and dying. Yeah. Incidentally, Mark Gruenwald loved comics so much that he asked for his ashes to be put into the printing of a comic book. And that comic book is this comic book, the first printing of Squadron Supreme, which he wrote and helped create. Hmm. Uh, so this book actually has Mark Gruenwald physically inside of it. That one right there this, that you're holding? This one and ones like it. Yeah, this is the first printing, so yeah. It is a forward by his wife who facilitated the, uh, the, it, the process. It's just I'm it spread the throughout the paper? No, no, throughout the process, they, they throughout they, the ink. Yeah, they must be oh, the same ink. Tony Hawk's doing something like that. Yes, his blood is going into like skateboards. skateboards. They're gonna mix it into the paint oh. of some skateboards. He like donated a couple of pints. Yeah. I was like, what? what? So Bishop comes from the future and it sucks. <laughs> and uh, and, he, and he, 
Damn you, Harmonica. He's like, man, Sorry. like there's a, there's a traitor amongst the X-Men and I'm gonna suss him out and then I'm gonna kill him and then it'll stop my crappy future from happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, they adapted it into the X-Men animated series, which is I think better uh, than what they did in the comics, but like whatever, because you know, Gambit was the X traitor, and then it turned out Mystique was the was impersonating. Him. That's in the cartoon, but uh, yeah. we don't we never really find out who the X traitor is, and then they're like, oh, we can answer the question of who the X traitor is. It was Professor X the whole time. Oh, we love that. So they were billing this whole thing as like we're finally paying off the like three year plot line of who the X traitor was from Bishop's timeline, because from Bishop's arrival to the road to onslaught. Bishop is like, eh, what? Like, you know, he's from the future, but like, that's old hat. No one wants to hear that why shit anymore. Just, why don't they just make it him? Like, <laughs> that Bishop, would... Bishop always goes back in time. He always is the traitor. Yeah. He doesn't oh. know it till he gets That's a there. way better idea than Onslaught. Yeah. But we can't have the Avengers jump into Bishop. So <laughs> that's the X They also I mean, wanted... they could. It's just going to be messy. Yeah. They also <laughs> wanted to say that, like, the like Morlock tunnels are actually like psychic not like ley lines, but like tubes that help amplify psychic energy, which is why it's New York- the, It's like the internet. Yeah. It's a series it's of a tubes. It's a series of tubes. I assume it psychic was like the, the horn of- Gondor? Yeah. No, no the, the Helm's Deep. Ah, yes. Yeah. The, oh, the horn Helm of Helm Hammerhand. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> no, uh, but they wanted to explain, like, oh, the Morlock tunnels come from uh, this whole like, you know, psychic history what? and stuff. I was pretty sure the Morlocks just lived underground in yeah. whatever tunnel Yeah, that's what there. you thought, right, but, but like, no, actually. Or they like, tunneled yeah, their own. Yeah, but who dug them though? So, the Morlocks. The Morlocks did. No, they didn't. They inherited them. Oh. That is, they're like, we just got these tunnels. So wait, know. though, who did dig them though? Like a, like cultists or psychic oh. people or, I don't know. They don't, but they're like, we're gonna, we're gonna like pay off a lot of these like plot lines to kind of justify even doing this in the first right. place. Right, it's they all don't. onslaught. Yeah. It's oh, all, never mind. Oh, never mind. Yeah, fuck it. Oh well, I guess it can't be because uh, we wanted, we decided we want it to not actually be Professor X. We yeah. gotta get him out of there. Right. So I guess he wasn't the X trainer. Yeah. Oops. Well, he was. He made onslaught, who became the X trainer. Oh. Okay. Or something. Or. <laughs> So, right. uh, yeah, so he, now, so, what, could you explain what is the X-Traitor? The X-Traitor is just like there is someone within the X-Men who betrays them and causes the like downfall of the X-Men themselves and then befalls the new future that he comes from, his oh. dark future. So then, does Bishop play some critical role in defeating Onslaught? <laughs> no! And that's why the future doesn't come to pass? No! Or it still does come so to pass. No, for he... them, they're like, well, for, remember, for them, they don't give a shit about Bishop anymore, so his future's boring. But Age of Apocalypse, though. He's here now. We don't have to worry about his future. Yeah, so whatever. So yeah, but for... he's worried about it. Yeah, but not anymore. And, and it doesn't happen because Onslaught's defeated. Yeah. It's so like, why didn't Onslaught cause Bishop's future this time? What changed? Well, that there was no Onslaught in the first place. The, the, uh, he, no, 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 no. Him but being like, here changed the timeline. No, itself. but like I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. What action did Onslaught oh. take in Bishop's future? Yeah, oh. that he doesn't in this book. And Literally why nothing. Is it different? Because Bishop, of course, admits that like there are no heroes. Like there's actually X Man. I think is like that. X Man's like, wow, look at this. Like because in the Age of Apocalypse, like there's no Avengers, there's no Spider Man. And uh, yeah, because they all go over to Apocalypse's plan. Right. Well, some of them. Most of them die. Because it won't go over his plan. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so yeah, no bishop. Uh, there's no explanation. It's just the bishop is oh. bishop boring, and they don't s- want to talk about. That doesn't it. make any sense. They just well, want to pay off the plot. They don't want to do oh, it. I, I guess maybe he wasn't the ex traitor. Maybe he was. Oh, they don't even address it. Oh, just okay. like that's over. Is Bishop being like, oh, I'm not worried about finding the ex traitor because he secretly knows it's himself? No, no, it's not himself. I like that plan. 
I did too. Bishop being the X-Trader is a way better idea than fucking... Yeah. Oh, is Onslaught hey, still the X-Trader, hey. or did they officially get rid of that idea? Beast uses the word Google. Oh. Yeah, well, Google used to be a number before it was a fucking company that no. took over everything. Nope, this is where Google was invented it's in right this here. book, in that panel. Yeah. Here it is. We gotcha. You know, Onslaught sucks. It's a boring story. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't mean anything. It's just like this relic that is so big and totemic that people think it means something, but it really doesn't. Right. What it really is, is the, 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 the real story of Onslaught is watch as Marvel eats itself alive <laughs> and how, like, they made this thing to justify this horrible decision that then the guy got fired over. Why like, did they make it so big, though? They didn't have to make it because, so big. Because, because they already made up Age of Apocalypse that big. Because Age of Apocalypse sold and because the Clone Saga still sold. Because even though they were, like, meandering, they were losing fans, they were still selling. Yeah. Well, and they also had to tell the end of the stories that were going to get rebooted. Yes, they had to wrap up. So that's why you had to have them or in. Or culminate these, them into Yeah, Onslaught. so they had to be part of it. But also all the X titles still had to be part of it. Yes. And we had to get the Avengers. Well, the Avengers were rebooted, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, so that's multiple different books that just mm -hmm. got to get freaking just crammed in there. Yes. So is everybody just cool with Professor X at the end? Uh, uh. He, he does let himself get arrested and try to pay for his crimes, but like, and not what really. Is the, what, I mean, what is happening? What is he charged with? Is he escaping? Right. Well, he's charged with like, like the murder of the Avengers and stuff. Oh, well, but he didn't do that. But he did facilitate they, it. They like, jumped it into... Happen. That's <laughs> right. them being a hero. That's them doing anything. Yeah. yeah, and he wasn't that thing that they jumped into. Yeah, He'd already been removed from it. he created that thing. Listen, the X- Without it, him, no, that thing would not really have existed. Magneto created yeah, that well, thing. He, yeah, well, he... Yeah, that's but true. But he Magneto in the first place. He should, his, his, oh, was that his, the crime then? His actions <laughs> caused the, the deaths of the Avengers. What really happens is the, the X-Men are actually totally cool with Xavier because they're like, that wasn't you. And he's like, no, I feel responsible. And they're like, hey... They're like, no, don't though. Relax, man. Yeah, they're it's all cool. totally cool with it. No, Come we're back cool. and lead us. No, yeah. None of us want to sit in your Let's chair. Let's go no. on like nothing happened. No, they don't. Like they, no, no one, no one leads the X Men, but he does walk away. Who the fuck's this guy? That's Bastion. He will. Uh, I see that. Yeah, Bastion's a big new villain who will uh, oh. facilitate Operation Zero Tolerance. Oh, so they're setting the, up the which next dovetails thing. directly out of onslaught. Because remember, we need to get rid of the books that aren't selling, but X Men is selling. So we need to think about the next X Men event. Right. And that's Operation Zero Tolerance, which actually does get more respectable. By the way, you can get like uh, one of these yellow books of uh, <laughs> of Onslaught, and it's much shorter because it only uses the X Men books right. and only the X Men books that have Onslaught do anything in them. <laughs> so it's really the main story. Yes, that main story is still meandering and boring and trite, but at least it's more manageable. But like, if you want to get the biggest picture of what Onslaught's all about, right, you, you must pick up the Omnibus, right. which I don't recommend because it's fucking garbage. <laughs> it helps to usher in a bold new era of poor sales and bankruptcy <laughs> for Marvel, mm. which results in the ousting of everyone who made Onslaught happen in the first place. And uh, well, that's fair. But, but this does usher in, uh, as you said, Perlmutter. Yeah, Perlmutter and Avi Arad, who Arad. are uh, who are obsessed with making movies, and they sell off the film rights to uh, your most popular characters, X Men, Fantastic Four, Spider Man. Then those guys and the people who were involved in Marvel, they end up facilitating the creation of Marvel films and you know Marvel Studios, and they bank hard on their like lowest selling characters being a success because of course they bet the farm on that. They sell, they, they, they bartered the rights to all their characters. So like 
if the MCU isn't successful, like the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. Let Let me, how right. are your legs after this episode? Are they just asleep from this book just weighing on them? <laughs> I, I am like Charles Xavier. So <laughs> someone get her a blanket and a hover Just, chair. No, yeah. don't push me, guys. I don't know what will happen if you do one more thing to me. That's right. <laughs> one more straw, and it's on and sloughing. Uh, we face. ordered dinner, but we forgot to take the onions off your salad. That's it. <laughs> I, we've been there, and I feel like we're going there. I feel like we're seeing the industry being manipulated. Is that why he's back? I I, <laughs> I think that like onslaught showing up, because he didn't need to be in Way of X. Like, it didn't need to be Onslaught. No. I think the decision to make an Onslaught, it isn't necessarily an, a conscious one. I think <laughs> that, like, Onslaught was birthed into the Dawn of X era of Hickman's X-Men as, like, a cautionary reminder to be like, look back, go back and look at Onslaught. <laughs> look at where it came from, and not right. the story, because there isn't one. Look at the 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 additions, everything that made it happen, and right. look at the the the, the, the storm that, of, that that birthed it. And yeah. I'm telling it to you in a good story this time, yeah. which hopefully yeah. ties in and makes sense. Which is also a truer one, but like, it's still a cautionary tale. I I don't know if they even know what they're doing. I think that it's just like no, the universe is reminding you, like watch out. Has oh, Onslaught's uh, ending occurred yet in the no. current run? Or no, in fact, way so of we X, don't actually know necessarily. We have no idea where this is gonna go yet. He's really mm. just a thought. He's what like a he Langolier. Is... Oh. He's, he's, he's... So the specter of Onslaught has been he's like, raised. He's, exi he's living off of the moments that are lost in between a mutant's last backup and when they're come back. Because like, there may be some things that you do after your last backup to Cerebro, oh. but they don't go with you. Okay. And so he's living off of them. He's mm. consuming them. Oh, interesting. He's, uh, he's like taking... He's just yeah. like, those, he's just, those he's few just taking things yeah. from yeah. us. He's also like able mm. to slip into mutant minds and make them angry. Mm. But like, it's not really a threat because Legion's there. Yeah. No, it, it, he he shouldn't be a threat. But the but fact that he's he there, I, I I think he's like a he's a, he's, he's a specter. He yeah. symbolically he's a, represents something. Yeah, think. I think he's like an avatar for yeah. like for for hubris well, in the comic book industry. Who's writing it? Yeah. It's not Hickman writing it. Actually. No. It's Cy Spurrier. Right. He's a little of a deeper writer. Like he'll yeah. Okay. So there might be something there else there. Some, yeah. He might be saying something about yeah. uh, like a, this is a very specific choice. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm really surprised they didn't try to retcon at any point is that that little evil thing that comes out of Magneto was from Mephisto. If Mephisto did like corrupt Xavier, then that could be the reveal that like Onslaught is actually Mephisto, and he's feeding on those moments between death and life because like. That's really, I should have your soul. All these people should be dead. Yeah, this, but this is mine. I'm not getting them back, so I'll be something that looks familiar to you because Mephisto can change form. Right. Okay, you heard it here first. There we go. Onslaught is Mephisto. <laughs> Mephisto confirmed. Hashtag Mephisto. Wow. <laughs> anyway, thanks a lot for watching. We'll see you guys next time with another episode of Back Issues. Of course, 400 episodes, two Yay. of which were this one. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. Feels like a, you know, it's a, it, it feels like another day at the office, honestly. Like, I'm, I'm thrilled that this has been part of my life. I hope you guys don't feel like you wasted too many hours on the couch, but uh, I, I, I... Just this one. Right. <laughs> That's fair. Just, just the well second earned. half of this one. Yeah. The first part, pretty interesting. When we actually started talking about Onslaught, I was like, oh, that's oh, the problem with Onslaught is that it's pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> but, but he looks so great. He looks I so think he looks dope. cool. Yeah. He looks so cool. I bought a promotional poster for Onslaught and put it up in the studio. It's... It's here, and I, I regret it immediately. <laughs> I put it up, and I looked at it, and I'm like, 
I'm Damn it. it. Oh, he doesn't look as cool 30 years later. I he doesn't do look as cool but when look I know at who him. he is. Yeah. Come on. Is that poster in there? Look at all that shit on him. Look at that. <laughs> look at all that shit. Look at all that shit. Look at it all. And he's so big. Because of all the psychic energy, you see. You see. All the mental energy. <laughs> makes his armor big. Makes him physically large. Yeah.